Hi, Sachin. Hey, Dinkar. So, uh, Sachin, um, I was kind of, uh, as I was uploading um, old uh, podcasts to be uh, served on uh, on Apple Podcast and elsewhere, I was kind of going through the uh, topics we have covered and uh, three uh, threads are emerging to which we kind of lean a lot. We talk about product management. Uh, we talk about metrics yes. and uh, we've started talking about generative AI. And um, so looks like, you know, one of the things of let's see where it goes, it kind of at least has, uh, it's going towards, uh, you know, the, these three uh, conversations and we'll see uh, where it goes in future also. And um, uh, you, you may or may not know that um, NASCOM India has started this uh, product mentorship and uh, they uh, nicely added me also as a mentor. And I was talking to a few mentees and in general also uh, in the organization where we work, these con uh, kind of topic comes up often and I wanted to talk yes. a bit about it. It's uh, product management and enterprises or enterprise product management. I thought, uh, let's talk a little bit about this uh, topic. Sure. So um, uh, the first question that, uh, you know, I, I get asked when I uh, talk about it to people who have not worked a lot with enterprises is, yeah. uh, is this now another jargon? Is this another, you know, thing that consultants are coming with and recruiters are coming with and training organization is coming Is there anything different? Uh, while uh, there is a lot of overlap, I think there are a few very key characteristics that um, kind of set uh, apart a product manager in enterprise uh, versus a product manager in a small organization, uh, um, you know, SME or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, Dinkar, the uh, one question which I was also wondering is um, when I was in startup world, product management was not called as product management at that time. This is a term which I have not heard 10 years ago, hmm. uh, spoken so freely within circles. So at that time, people used to call product manager, but then product manager used to have certain responsibilities. Yeah, And then before that, People used to think about these are responsibilities of a mixed persona, right? SME slash uh, project manager slash all these type of things. So if you could take an arc, and I know for a fact that enterprises woke up to this fact of product manager very late compared to startup scene. And when they adopted product manager, they also changed the definition according to their ecosystem. Right. And they fit into that. So when you are touching upon the three characteristics which you started talking, if you could also give a little bit of like the, uh, how this role evolved throughout the ecosystem and where do you think in enterprises it exists today? See, in, um, in large organizations, a product manager already always existed. And I think probably they were also called uh, product managers and some of them, uh, used to grow into being a brand manager. So if you take example of, uh, let's say, in uh, our FMCG world, uh, you know, uh, Dabur Red, right? Now, th there was a manager who was responsible for bringing together the product uh, creation team, which was actually looking at 
this is what the tube will look like this is what the colors will look like the branding team this is how parlay is it da sorry dabur would look like this is where the logo there were designers around it and more importantly there was a production team and there was a sales team and in fmcg right there's a massive supply chain how it is going how it is showing up on the uh, you know uh, racks of various shops and at the end of the day this product manager was responsible for making it responsible they were responsible for pnl right so this was like quote and quote the old world uh, product manager although also a gm of a product or a brand manager right they were essentially responsible for getting the revenue out of this right managing the pnl right and more importantly use the existing challenges of the organization right so it's not that uh, dabur red has its own uh, you know uh, supply you know um, sales people right is a dabur sales people who are going and then positioning you know uh, the dabur red or chavan prash or something like that right so and the design people are uh, you know organization so they were always taking advantage of what is happening in the organization to create a space for their own um, brand and run the pnl when started startups started happening as compared to uh, you know let's say uh, lotus 1 2 microsoft um, office right when these were uh, large enterprise products right they kind of followed this process a lot so there used to be gms uh, responsible right uh, so the gm was kind of the most go to what i have seen when i talk to you know people who have been around the designation right but when uh, software started becoming moving very fast now this person is no longer just responsible for pnl suddenly a new thing started emerging discovering a product opportunity right because before right. that all the products kind of um, were incremental to something where around lifestyle where they were serving existing societies existing workflows existing realities right suddenly this new thing started coming which is creating market also right and this is where pivot started to happen this is where failure started to happen this is where changing started to happen this is where this gm persona needed to be really close to the ground right and this is where uh, you know people who had the idea the founders and all that uh, who were close to the ground started becoming successful so in this new spectrum you started moving towards product manager being the founder right now as soon as the founder became uh, the organization be became big and other they not everyone could be a founder and they you know kind of started towards finding that smart people who have ear to the ground right and that's why in early days people used to say that product manager is the ceo of the product right what what they're trying to say is that you are responsible for pnl you are responsible for figuring out the market a lot of people used to misunderstand that i will have the authority of a ceo that's what it means no it doesn't mean that you have all the responsibilities and accountability of the ceo and probably have very little uh, you know uh, authority of a ceo right so that that's right. a miserable uh, side of uh, being a product manager and it's kind of started taking shape formally and what started happening is that as startups are moving very fast right uh, the um, there still used to be a kind of a gm like if you take a big large bank right and we have worked with few of them right if you look at it there used to be some either this person with a technical background a business background project management background uh, this was the person who was bringing it all together right 
but then they realized that uh, these startups and these organizations are moving very fast. Agile became very popular within the organization and Agile had a role of a PO. And then certification started to happen, CSPO certification, all these certifications, right? So it was kind of, suddenly there was this availability and this desire of a lot of uh, people in these organizations to have that product role where they said that we'll help you shape it, uh, right? Uh, we, we will help you create revenue uh, out of it and all, right? So kind of responsibilities kind of got divided uh, in that way. And that's how it emerged. And lying there uh, in, in this evolution uh, has the three strengths, um, if you are uh, thinking like that, or the three biggest challenges of uh, a product manager in an enterprise, right? Um, the first one being that uh, enterprise has a very complex stakeholder map for a product manager. What that means is now in enterprise, you know, if, if you see the you know, degree of separation between, ideal degree of separation between a product manager and the customer or a user, it should be one degree away, right? But in enterprise, there are multiple degrees, right? Um, because of how the sales happen, because of regulations, because of departments, uh, you know, IT department is separate and business is separate, right? So the first problem is that um, there are these layers of, layers of organizational hierarchies between you and the end customer. So it's never one degree of separation. It could be six degree of separation, you know. Um, and what that also means is that between you and the end customer, there are proxies to this customer. There are people in the middle who say that I know the customer, I represent the customer. This is what the customer needs, right? And of course, you know, everyone has their own perspective. It's, uh, you know, they, they are looking at the customer based upon the department they are part of. If they're regulators, they're just focused on the privacy aspect of uh, the customer. If they are on the sales side, they are focused upon what will a customer pay and for what. If they are on the business development side, they'll say, what are the opportunities I should go after it, right? Each one of them have their departmental you know, view on what a customer is. And now this product manager uh, is seeing these seven, eight view, you know, uh, seven, eight uh, kind of, uh, you know, eyepieces in front of, uh, you know, him or her. And each one of them is giving them a piece of the customer's um, picture. And they now have to bring together, right? So stakeholders become very uh, important. The first set of stakeholders, are, these are the proxies to the customer. Then come the organization stakeholders, right? Correct. Um, you got the boss and boss's boss and all that. They're also very important. Then you got these uh, adjacent things. There are uh, stakeholders who belong to branding, who belong to compliance, who belong to regulations, who have a legal point of view, will say that I want to understand your product because at some point I will, if someone sues us, I'll have to go and defend this product, right? So I want to understand what you're building. I have an opinion because if you do this, that is not defendable. Can you do this, right? And these kind of inputs suddenly start changing the nature of the product, right? So suddenly you got uh, this new set of stakeholders uh, coming in, right? And then uh, given that in organization, right, uh, there uh, is an ecosystem of things that you have to go and work with. Remember my example that uh, if I'm product manager for a toothpaste, 
I have to work with the design team, which is a totally different team, which has their own priorities, who have given allocated some time to me. There's a sales channel team, a sales incentive team. So many things happening. I have to work with these, right? Now I have got these uh, stakeholders within these ecosystem, right? Who are now my stakeholders. And uh, all these people who are responsible for these people, they have their own priorities and they're trying to shuffle between my request and request of five other uh, product managers and they're doing their own thing. They're doing their own um, tech debt analysis. They're doing their own, what are the things we want to bring in? They're doing their own value articulation. So they, they kind of have their own thing and I have to make sure that I'm coordinating. So if you look at it, right, the first complexity is this stakeholders, right? Stakeholders who are proxy to the customers who give you pieces of information about a uh, customer. Stakeholders who are in this organizational hierarchy stakeholders who are literal to you, who bring in branding and all these concepts. And then you are building something, it depends upon other uh, you know, systems in the ecosystem, which someone is giving you data, someone is owning the UI, which a customer sees, and then you have to manage, right? Suddenly the, uh, the, uh, the, the stakeholder management becomes a complex thing. And then these are all people, they have their own quirks, they have their own styles and you have to manage them. So this is the first aspect. Uh, and um, this is, uh, I know you have faced any of these many of these scenarios. Do you want to uh, recall some fun story? Yeah, I mean, the stakeholder management is the toughest part, Dinkar, I would say. Uh, many times uh, the challenge is to even understand these are the stakeholders. There are some direct stakeholders and there are some indirect stakeholders as you pretty much gave very good landscape. The indirect stakeholders are, it's often rookie mistake to not give them enough weightage. Although yeah. they like compliance is a great example which you took, right? Although in your mind, my primary stakeholder is salespeople. They are my interface and marketing, marketing, which is taking the input from the market and telling me this is what your product should look like because yeah. the competition has this. Yeah. Salespeople are saying, I go and talk to customers on a daily basis. They are struggling with this. You need to have this in addition to whatever you heard from marketing. I don't care. Now, you believe this is my primary stakeholder and my bosses who said you have only X budget and let me just do that. And who are going to build this for me? These are my internal team. Compliance, compliance. Like, like <laughs> we'll first figure out what to build, right? These people can actually stop everything in track for months and with legit reason. And yeah. nobody will even come and question you, uh, them, including CEOs. So that's where the trick starts is you should be able to understand. And in enterprise, it is not only you are dealing with the direct responsibilities of people, there are indirect agendas as well. Yeah. And uh, navigating all that thing, and I, I am delving into that, but my curious question to next to you was, how enterprise fights back into these enterprise uh, promo roles, but go through your characteristics first, but I, I can totally imagine a smaller company, which is very product oriented, very hungry, behaves very differently compared to an enterprise with product managers. They, they, they do. And we will, 
uh, we'll see how uh, these organizations behave different. The second one that I want to call out is, I made a mention of it, is that um, in an enterprise, you may not have the choice to choose your ecosystem. You may not have Correct. a choice to say, I want to use product B versus C. Uh, what you will have to do is you'll have to work with what is there. And especially if a product has been developed internally, you will be asked to uh, live with it, work with it. It will come with its own uh, restrictions, right? You're going to just go and say that, hey, um, organization, you invested a double-digit million dollar in uh, building this. Yes, it is useful for some use cases. Uh, mine is not that. I'll go out in the market and I'll get this uh, two, you know, two or $5 million product and it's perfect for me. I'll give you the results. You're not going to get it, right? Because they have to keep on getting the ROI on, on the existing investment, right? So um, that becomes the next thing is that the ecosystem of um, products that already exist in the organization is something that you have to work with, live with, and it curtails your um, uh, your capability of choosing the best, right? Now, there is a kind of a tussle between what is right for me versus organization already put money in this and we have to get the maximum benefit out of it. So even if this is 75%, go start using it, coordinate with that product manager, get your requests and get your features in. Now this is uh, solving 75% problem of everyone. So everyone is coming and chasing them for their last 25% and it makes a lot of difference, right? It may, you may not be able to give that uh, specific uh, edge to the customer, you know, that uh, experience to the customer it may have. So you'll have to live with uh, non-perfect solutions because that's the ecosystem you have to live with. And this is a second big challenge for a product manager that the, uh, the pieces of Lego that are available to them are not uh, perfectly fitting. They might have a loose uh, joint here and there, and these kind of things often break, um, right? So the, the, and this is the second uh, problem that uh, product managers in enterprise face and makes their life complicated. Yeah. Absolutely, and uh, I cannot imagine the pain of uh, people when they're called product manager, they are given a task, but essentially they are given a task of nursing an old, uh, furniture within a company uh, you can't change because the customers are very uh, rigid or they have built so much depending on that product that they don't like great examples are saver right those yeah. platforms for booking tickets airline tickets uh, i don't want to ever get a job of like saber's product manager i mean like the scale and everything that that's uh, that's all awesome yeah. but the fact is the interface they can't evolve because so many systems depend on it and uh, all they keep doing is creating a layer of abstraction on top of it so that they can change something or the other thing behind the scenes yeah so yeah the, 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 this also uh, has one more complexity is that um, these uh, products that have a have a very long life, you know, if you go and start talking to the teams that are currently owning them and start scratching, you'll realize that a lot of knowledge is lost with people moving out. Yes, there are documents, but, you know, not every document is equally well-written or informative. And, uh, you know, many times these exist because no one really knows right? And reverse engineering, it becomes very difficult. And this is one thing that 
uh, we should discuss in our generative AI thread that in scenarios like this, where there's a massive tech debt or um, you have no idea how this was built, all you know is that to this response, it will give, you know, to this query, it will give this response, how generative AI can help. But the fact is that today, um, you know, even if someone wants to improve them, there's so much of institutional knowledge, which is now hard coded in the code and no longer with the teams which are owning it, makes it very difficult for someone to even uh, bring that 25% change on request of a product manager. I, I would like to make a mental note for this so that we can talk about it. Dinkar, what you just touched upon, uh, Generative AI has a great set of solutions for that. And probably we should do um, a little bit unpacking of those in terms sure. of how these type of scenarios where there are a lot of legacy systems and everything, what is there from Generative AI and what product managers can utilize out of that to simplify their life. Uh, I mean, everybody's talking and their grandmother is talking today about how Copilot is good for developers, but uh, the there are non-developer roles, non-engineering roles, which has great potential to come towards engineering. It, the These boundaries are, these walls are collapsing now. Yeah. And I think uh, this is high time. And because I know you for a long time, and you have a very technical background. It yeah. is just that you moved into this one. Now, this is the greatest comeback possible for you. Rather than yes. you uh, you thinking about, I want to uh, like code or not, doesn't matter. But the familiarity of the code, the first principles which you have learned are now far more useful because now you can delve into a couple of more quarters in and then get highly productive. Sachin, I'll, uh, at some right time, I'll discuss it, but I think uh, it, it'll take me a few couple of uh, months, I'll say, given uh, the time availability. But I'm actually working on a project on the side where I'm building something. I'm coding, but I'm not really coding. I am uh, organizing the code. Uh, but, uh, and uh, yeah, well, we'll I, I'll love to demo it at, at one point. How I was able to... You know, I got a new life as a developer in a post uh, uh, post technical <laughs> role that I was in. Um, yeah, how a very cool drive. The third one that I wanted to discuss, Sachin, was that um, now what happens in uh, large organizations is that uh, there are people, and where there are people, uh, there is organization. They get organized, and most commonly, people get organized around teams that has a boss. So. Hey, I belong to that person's team. I'm I'm part of that team, right? I roll up to that uh, role, right? So people are kind of getting organized by organizational hierarchies. What that means is that at some point there is an architecture team, there is a development team, there is a QA team, and we have discussed these uh, quite often. And uh, then the software development process and the product itself sometimes starts reflecting the Conway uh, law, right? It starts reflecting. Now, what that means is that every time a team gets formed, the capability of the team kind of gets even more narrowed down. Um, you are enterprise architect, you are UI architect, you are this kind of, it will keep on narrowing down as the you know organization grows, grows, grows. What that means is that for a product manager, right, uh, as I was saying, right, there are internal uh, stakeholders 
a new set of stakeholders that get uh, added in is my product development team is no longer a product development team, but is a coalition of, I don't know, 11 teams which are coming together and building the product. There is a set of developers. There's another team who has provided the project manager. There's another team who has the architect. There's another QA team. There is another um, environment support team. There is a QA environment support team and all these kind of things, right? So um, yes, uh, you know, that's the third thing is that uh, Conway's law takes over. Absolutely. And uh, I don't know um, how many people have uh, heard about Conway's law, but it's a, a real thing. It's not Murphy's law. And <laughs> first time I heard it, it felt like Murphy's law. But then when I read about it, it's a pretty well described phenomenon. So, uh, and a lot of people swear by it. So it's it's very important to know about it. Um, I think one closing thought, uh, as you described these three principles is uh, product manager's life is very complicated, right? It is, it is a responsibility like uh, seasons in India, right? You, you start with expect summer, but it is not summer. Sometimes it is wind, uh, like rain. And then in winter, sometimes it is actually uh, kind of summer feeling. So when you are, when you are thinking about all of these um, roles, how does it actually one balance their North Star? What is their absolute loyalty to? It, it's very hard, right? And, uh, you know, it depends, uh, right? In the sense, you know, um, I, I tell this to some of the product managers that I uh, work with, uh, I mentor and all that is that, um, you know, uh, be a little subversive, right? Uh, your boss has an expectation and, you know, you know, do that, right? Everyone has a do that. But, you know, on your side, have your own very clear purpose, right? Uh, which is uh, what you think the product should lead towards. In the end, you are the product manager. Everyone is contributing, right? And you're the one who have to make a, so the North Star could be uh, something, uh, you know, the end customer, end customer success. It could be that uh, the in this organization, no one has accomplished this and I'm going to accomplish this as a way of showing it to others that this can be done. That's a very important North Star in certain organizations where legacy has taken over and is stifling innovations, right? So different uh, scenarios will have a different North Star. And I will leave it up to the product man manager themselves to decide what is their North Star. But one thing they should be very clear of, they need to have their own North Star, which may be a combo of two, three official uh, North Stars. It may be a little sub subversive in the sense it's something that they only ho hold in their heart, but it's ultimately their responsibility to have. So I'll, uh, you know, um, give you an example. So, uh, you know, um, there, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I was talking to one product manager who, uh, is part of a product uh, org and uh, that org has two, three products. Now uh, the head of engineering has uh, his own view of what things should happen and is driving things. Is kind of a co-founder kind of uh, scenario. Now this person joined in and said, yeah, I, I just do what I'm told. And I told him, okay, you know, it's okay, you know, to listen and agree. 
but in the end you know do what you think is right uh, put your skin in the game and even if it's somewhere you're a little bit contradicting your director of engineering that that's okay you know that person may at some point maybe the ego may get hurt or they may get shocked but at the end you have been hired as a product manager and you are the person responsible for bringing things together and if you show a vision and you kind of um, stick to that vision stick out your neck right that will really put you in a very good light as a professional rather than uh, then you know then you're just not a really a product manager you're just a coordinator of 15 people giving input and you're just doing things right so you need to have that your own edge and um, you know he, he's giving it a try we'll see if he if he gets lauded when everything is okay or uh, he loses his job when things go south yeah uh, Dinkar, he's aware uh, of the risk <laughs> yeah Dinkar, i think uh, we are close to the uh, time but uh, one thing which i would say is recently i was watching a movie uh, called air um it's it's on amazon prime hmm. it's a fantastic watch it's about the shoes which uh, shoe which uh, nike launched and uh, they have a product manager whose job is to design products uh, shoes so he asked uh, this fellow is like what kind of shoe you want basketball shoe basketball shoe means it needs to be 52% white or 80% white there is that ratio yeah they said it needs to be in nba in nba there's some yeah. nba yeah. yeah they said that okay uh, you need to have more red on this it said like uh, there are strict rules they will charge you like uh, they will penalize you $5,000 per shoe. He says, I can make it red. I would like to make it red so that it looks very aesthetically pleasing. But what to do with that fine? Then the marketing person who is sitting in the room says, we'll pay the fine every game Michael Jordan plays. Yes. And yes. that will be our marketing budget. <laughs> See, and, and, and they catch the CEO by surprise. CEO says, oh, yes. I... <laughs> And then that that's what makes great products, right? Uh, people yes. and and that uh, you know um, uh, that that uh, I forget the uh, name uh, of Phil. the actor, Phil. Yeah, Phil was the CEO. Yes, Phil is the CEO. But the product manager, right? Um, uh, played uh, by. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot. So anyway, uh, so it sticks out his neck, right? He goes and makes deals with people and, you know, he pushes things, right? And that's how you build something, uh, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, when you were interesting talking about like, taking the ownership, going against, yeah. and this was coming to my mind is you need to have conviction on certain things and yeah. then you should go with that. I, I I think I should uh, add uh, this movie to movies to, uh, you know, you have books to read for product managers. I think probably I should add it to movies to watch for product managers on how to own it's it's not product thinking but uh, i like moneyball as well because of that is yeah. the basketball coach the basically the team manager decides that baseball 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 uh, <laughs> general manager decides our, our, that our american friends will like, <laughs> <they'll> like <laughs> yes sachin isko psp nahi malum yes so 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 the baseball general manager is thinking about adopting a new method and uh, his assistant is not so happy with it so he says what are you afraid of this is what we committed to right so yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are going to see the end of it like yeah. for better or for worse so yeah and this so, is something that a small enterprise a small medium enterprise startups scale ups do better than uh, corporates 
in corporate they are always playing with survival dinkar they are not playing for good or bad for yeah. them and and that's where i disagree uh, lot of people see enterprises as old bog down what not but you know what you are also underestimating finding a north star in enterprise is 10 time more complicated than finding into yeah. a startup in yeah. startup you are a small motivated group of individuals who want to achieve certain thing you don't need to spend more than 10 minutes to know what is the north star yeah it is survival it is growth it is something yeah. like that right yeah. here you are dealing with 25 agendas people yeah. managing budgets people managing things it's it's like i mean like people who do not appreciate the complexity yeah of an enterprise they haven't arrived yet they haven't yes and i think um, product managers in enterprises are the toughest people around yeah that's of the yeah <laughs> on that note thank you so much dinkar it was a very enlightening conversation take care sachin bye 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 bye